Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 48 of The Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Boak, and I am your host. Joining me once again in the studio, my co-host, our worship pastor and author of the short story entitled, When the Cheese Shop in Paris Blew Up, There Was Debris Everywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matt Collins. Matt, how are you today, How long sir? did you work on that one? Uh, not too long. Okay. All yeah, right. yeah. And uh, also joining us in the studio once again, our lead pastor, Adam Bishop. Adam, how are you, sir? It reminds me of Ratatouille. That's oh, yeah? just the first thing that popped into my head. Because of the Paris food, yeah, the Ratatouille Yeah, brie, cheese, all yeah. the things. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. That was a good one. I appreciate okay. that. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Glad to be here, y'all. Yeah, absolutely. So how, how are you gentlemen doing? We've had a pretty fun weekend up here. So, uh, I mean, oh, we, man. We'll all get to that. Yeah. Going on. We'll get that in a second. How, how was your weekend apart from kids camp and parent experience? I don't even remember. Was there a weekend apart <laughs> yeah, from kids camp and parenting? I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of all I know yeah, right now. Yeah. yeah. So, but all right, well, let's talk about it. Yeah. So last night, incredible night, <laughs> kick off the kids camp and parent experience. Yeah. Had a bunch of kids up here, a bunch of parents up here. Uh, really a fun time. So, I mean, tell me, uh, you were teaching in there with the kids. How, how did that go? <laughs> well, how many people were here? So we had total 340. Okay, that's amazing. Ish. So yeah. how many of those were the parents and the new parents experience? We had 80 in that's there for the parent experience, yeah. So we had 80 parents, and we'll talk about what y'all did sure. in a second with that. Yeah. I popped in to say hi, and I might have recognized three or four faces. Yeah. So that's great. That's yeah. a great sign, you know, um, since the goal was new new parents. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I did teach the kids. How was that? I have not done that in years. Right. So I was the large group teacher for about 10 minutes, hundreds of kids. And um, I had a ice chest up on the stage with me because it's making waves. So you're kind of at the beach. Uh, so I was pulling props out of the you know uh-huh. ice chest like to use as teaching sure. aids. So before I started, I did this fun little like, does anybody want to guess what's in there? You know, and you're like, you know, <laughs> Coke, you know, or bottles of water. <laughs> and this like cute little kindergarten dude sitting on the first row, they're raising their hands, they're calling him, and he goes, Crabs. <laughs> I was like, no. That would have been amazing if, if I you'd just, have pulled out a live yeah, crab. Yeah, yeah, just started tossing crabs out <laughs> yeah. there. So we did not do that. Um, but That's I did teach. Didn't toss crabs. And, out. Uh, it was idea. a lot of fun. Right. I enjoyed it, and um, the kids had a great time, and uh, just an incredible event. You know, we have a really small staff, right? And so when you pull an event like that off for hundreds and hundreds of kids, it's because of all of the amazing people who call Von Forest home who selflessly serve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was uh, one of the things I noticed about just how amazing our people are serving. Man, it, yeah. it's the truth. I mean, you look around, again, like you just said, like, we could not pull this off. I mean, right. goodness gracious. And yeah. so everybody pitching in, making it happen. I will brag on our team as well. You know, Morgan and Kendall and Harper. I mean, all these folks coming up to register – if we had been in charge of that, it would have been a <laughs> giant disaster. And they have been working uh, for days and yeah. weeks on making that a very smooth process. And so between them and our volunteers... And then Hardy and yeah. his team oh, yeah. food. food. Can you imagine yeah. if we were in charge oh, of food? Oh, yeah, it would be a disaster. So <laughs> no, that's awesome. Not. But you were in charge, Matt, of the middle school. I, don't, you, I would yeah. say in charge is in question. <laughs> no, dude. I, so... I have a middle schooler. Yes, you do have a middle schooler. You yep. got raving reviews from my middle schooler. So, you did. Uh, right. did. That's you right. know, Uncle so Matt pulled through. Matt, that's right. Matt, <laughs> little known fact, Matt's also a good teacher. You that's know what? Right. You know what, Chad? If he keeps this up, we're going to have to assign him a Sunday. I tell you what, we're no gonna, good let, deed goes unpunished. Let, yeah. <laughs> let him preach one of these days. I think oh, so. So, man. yeah, Sam was no. like, it was awesome. Yeah. Y'all, so y'all had a great time, we all did. the middle schoolers. Tell us a little bit about how that went. So, just shout out to some of my leaders that were up there. Michael Webb, Wes Odin, Dee, my wife, yeah. and Joya, um, who's also on staff here. 
they did a great job yeah. keeping the kids like entertained and stuff where I could just get up there and you know just teach. And you had like 40 of them up there, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling it today. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, it was awesome. You know, we 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 played some games, hung out, um we watched some videos. Yeah. Watched, uh, do you, have you ever seen the the people are awesome videos? No. Y'all need to watch them. Okay. It's like a bunch of like I found one that was like beach themed. It was like surfers. It was great. Okay. And you talked like about Mavericks. like your role serving in the church. Yeah, we talked yeah. about that. Sam about gave me a recap. Did he? Yeah. Oh yeah. Good. So, good well, job. He was taking notes. Yeah. Well, was, you communicated. In I was a way using that... the props like to keep them awake <laughs> nah, instead dude. of like, hey, look, what is yeah, this? Yeah, like, yeah. stay up. Yeah, no, Lena, because I have a middle schooler as well. Had Lena a great helped time. me out a lot. Yeah. She had a lot of great like side comments and stuff like that that I used. She takes after her mom with that. Yeah, no, the um, sure. yeah, no, and she loved the food. It was funny. I guess uh, she 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 pocketed a few hot dogs. Like we got home yeah. last night, she just kept pulling out hot dogs and eating them. I'm like, where did where you did get, you get that? that? Yeah, yeah, like, there's a lot of them that just yeah. Where she is. Did she have a purse, backpack? I don't know, man. They, I don't know, they, man. She just well, she had a just, bunch of hot dogs. So, so I walked off with them. I was I taking know. students on a mission trip. This is probably, oh gosh, 15, 16 years ago. Yeah. So we're in the Atlanta airport. We're flying to Paris and then eventually flying to Vienna and then eventually getting to where we're going. How you know, old were these students? Slovakia. So they, they were in college. Okay, okay. And I had one high school senior who, very mature student, his parents sure. wanted him to have the experience. So that was fine. So he was going with us. His name was Hunter. I'll never forget this. So we're going through the security, you know, check in the airport, flying internationally. And like, you know, you take everything out of your pockets, whatever. Well, Hunter keeps sitting off the dang, you know, security thing. <laughs> okay. So they finally bring him in. They're wanding him. And they're like, it's something in his pocket. And so I'm standing there because I'm in charge of all these students. And Hunter's like digging his pocket. He pulls out a Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit <laughs> in a wrapper <laughs> that he, he had prepared. prepared to eat. It was like, I was going to eat it later. And then the security people looked at me and they were like, what are you doing? The foils. <laughs> I was right. like, Hunter, how long has that been in your pocket? And he's He's like, I don't know. I got it sometime this morning. <laughs> so note to self, if you're ever going through security in an airport, don't stuff a Chick-fil-A biscuit in your pocket. Sure. The things you it have to tell students. I never thought I would have to say, guys, right. make, but now you're uh, telling uh, me that Lena might have had some food that she somehow yeah. you know, managed to get yeah. on. Well, I think you can take the Chick-fil-A biscuit. You just got to take it out of the foil, <laughs> maybe put in some Saran wrap. You know, or something. eat it like before you go bag. through security also and an throw the foil away. Also yeah. an option. Yeah, the rest of the have, human race does. Yeah. Well, good. Well, I'm glad you all had a fun time upstairs. With the, uh, with We're the alive. Schools. We made it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Lots of new people. Yeah, getting them connected um, to one another. Right. That's kind of the goal of this event. Our church is really a catalyst to help people form right. relationships. A lot of what we're talking about in the series, and um, I feel like we we did a good job of serving some folks who, you know, you move to a new place. It's hard. Yeah. You got to yeah. figure right. out how to yeah. make friends and where to go and. All the th- you know, where do you get your haircut? Where do you get your oil change? Where you right. know, all the, you're just all in a new place, right. right? So you get a bunch of new people together, many of whom serve in our military, which we're super grateful for. Um, a lot of fun, yeah, and yeah. and a lot of tired people who call Vaughn Forest home, but it's the good kind of tired, yeah, because yeah. we're serving folks. So it's, Job it's, it was awesome, tired. yeah, yeah. You know, and you talked about the parent experience. I mean, we had. So many folks I didn't recognize in there. Uh, we had the good food in there. We had Chipotle, and it was mm. it was really really good. Did you have so Chipotle? I did have yeah, Chipotle. Yeah, I had snuck in. Wow, so, uh, guys. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, think, I think we got to take Matt to Chipotle. Uh, Sorry, Matt. We have, we'll, we'll do out. that. Yeah, we'll on the third you. floor, eat yeah. hot dogs. Uh, Instead of taking you to Publix for sushi, I'll yeah, take you to all right. Chipotle. All yeah. right. Okay. But we Go had uh, Hardy had his team in there serving dinner. Everybody smiling. Uh, shout out to uh, to Chris and to uh, Jim for helping me out. Christy. And I kind of got to host uh, the night, do a calendar of events around town. We did trivia. You did tr- who? Okay, th- so D and I got to do trivia before everybody. Sure. Yeah. 
We did terrible. You did. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. <laughs> this is very I don't true. even know any of the questions. Yeah. Uh, uh, throw out one. Some of them are. Throw out so one. things like uh, the city of Montgomery, Alabama, was it named after a preacher, a soldier, a slave, or a something else? I can't remember what the fourth option was. One of was. the three. One well, of the yeah. Three. I served under General Montgomery until he took a bullet in the neck in Quebec. And so in summary. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so any Hamilton fans. From from Hamilton? Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. Hamilton. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hamilton. Sorry. So, yeah, right. soldier, it all comes back to Hamilton. Soldier is the answer. Another one was, I mean, there were some general, like, you know, pop people who do don't the, know Hamilton do are wondering what Marvel I just one. Uh, yeah, won't so get that it one. was. Uh, I got that one. Which right. Marvel supervillain uh, claimed erroneously, uh, "I am inevitable." And the Incredible Hulk. No, it's close. <laughs> uh, not a villain, uh, but uh, Thanos. You know, the snap, Thanos, that yeah. guy. And yeah. maybe. Iron Man goes, well, I am Iron Man. Yeah, so the, and then it was like, uh, who did the United States Navy fight in 1942 in the Pacific? The Imperial, you know, or no, what was the name of the battle where they fought the Japanese oh, yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. I got that one. In, uh, in 1942. It was Spanish Arvada. No, <laughs> Battle of Midway. Yeah, you know? Midway. So, so, yeah I would have so, not done well. Right. So I hard did questions. terrible, but I got some of them. The, he uh, said I did awful. The team though. that won got 23 of these questions. Right, How and it was there? really twenty five. They only Whoa. missed two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was That's really impressive. What did they miss? Well, there was one it's that was like your uh, ones that you threw them off. Yeah, it was. Uh, I know one of them for sure was eBay's first item they sold was a laser pointer. Uh, how many pennies was the final bid? And, Who would have uh, gotten that one? Well, yeah, it, well, that's why it was there. And he so, built um, that in so people would get it. Wrong. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but no, it was a good time. Do you it, know? You're looking no. at like no, I, don't even, I don't even remember <laughs> how much it was. Uh, I think one thousand four hundred eighty-three, if I'm not mistaken, pennies. So yeah. fourteen dollars and eighty-three cents. Yeah, back in yeah. like nineteen ninety-seven. It That's sounds it. like everybody had a good time. Yeah. They did, yeah. and the food was good. We had a great time, and you know, again, I I really got enjoyed it. I've always said, you know, if I wasn't a pastor, I'd be a cruise director. And so this, I kind of got to do both. So uh, that was a lot of fun for me. Every cruise I've ever been on, the cruise director had a cool British accent, though. So you'd ha- not, you would have to develop that. I guess I would have to okay. make that yeah. happen, yeah. yeah. But you're not doing that, right? You're staying no. with us. No. And, okay. I, <laughs> and, and I'm not even going to pretend to try to do a British okay, accent because it would come. It would probably yeah. be like Australian or something. It would be yeah. absolutely terrible. So. That's okay. Yeah. That's all right. We're not going to ask you to do it. No, I appreciate yeah. that. Um, but we did continue our series this past Sunday morning. We that's, did do that. That's called a segue, Matt. Uh, find your people. We were talking about connections. And so we got to put it into practice Sunday night, but we talked about it on uh, on Sunday morning. So I kind of want to, you know, jump into that conversation if you gentlemen are ready for that. So we'll uh, we'll kick it off. You know, you started the message yesterday uh, by talking about the different components to our personal relationship with Jesus. You said there is. I want to read these. There's a one-on-one component, a large corporate component, and a communal component. So can we recap those? You know, kind of the idea behind each of those for anyone who might have missed the message and. Help us understand how all of these kind of coexist. Yeah, so one-on-one, classic spiritual discipline, spiritual habits. We talk about that a lot in this podcast. You yeah. know, spend time reading God's Word, spend time in prayer, spend time in worship. Yeah. Um, that matters. You know, you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. There is a large corporate component. If not, we wouldn't gather every week. Right. So we gather together with God's people and we worship. And as I said in the message, don't get hung up on the word large. Once you get over 30 people, you're large. Right. Most churches in America are large. The average church in America is 87 people. If you got 87 people, wow. you don't know everybody's name. So large is nothing more than once I don't know everybody's name. That's my definition of large. Okay. But a lot of people who get hung up on the small church, large church discussion don't recognize your church is already large. Right. <laughs> you know, so, right. so it's this idea that like there's too many people here for me to know everybody on a personal basis, but there's power because we're coming together as we're commanded to in Scripture to worship with one another. Right. That is part of our faith. Mm-hmm. But then there's this third aspect, and I chose the word communal because it was broad enough to be all-inclusive to a number of different 
different ways we experience friendship. You may have a friend. They walk with Jesus. You walk with Jesus. Y'all help one another walk with Jesus. You may have multiple friends that walk with Jesus, but they're not friends with each other. Right. Or you may have a you know a group of friends. We might call that a life group, a, team, a group of people who get together, 10, 12, 15, once a week, and you, you walk through life together. You encourage one another. So this idea that we are in relationship with Jesus as we're in relationship with one another, and that is the communal component. And a lot of churches haven't paid as much attention to that one as they have the first two. Hmm. So we teach people how to, you know, read their Bible, have a have a vibrant prayer life. We talk a lot about corporate worship and the importance of being there, but we don't really follow through and really help people figure out that third component. And to the degree you experience the third component, communal friendships, fellowships, relationships, oftentimes is to the degree you experience vibrancy in the other two categories. Sure. Yeah. And that was kind of the, the main idea of, of starting that is to help people just almost take a little self-inventory. Right. You know, where am I on all three of those? And if all three of those are rolling on all cylinders, you're probably having a pretty vibrant you know, walk with the Lord. Doesn't yeah. mean everything's great. Doesn't right, mean everything's yeah. perfect. But yeah. but that's kind of the way the New Testament presents this. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think that that communal component gets overlooked so often? <clears throat> we're a very individualistic society. Okay. You know, we're we're all about the individual. You mm-hmm. know, and the New Testament was written to communities of faith. Right. The whole Old Testament was written to a nation. Right. You know, so <laughs> right. we we impose our Western American idealistic individualism onto God's word right. and then craft a Christianity that fits that more than it matches what the scripture teaches. Yeah. And yeah. so that's kind of the world we live in. And we've got to reclaim a little bit what the New Testament actually teaches when it comes to these things. That's good. Yeah. Okay. So yesterday you had a drawing in there. Yeah. <laughs> of which I'm going to put on the screen now for anyone who missed it. Yeah. yeah you need to do that. Yeah. We don't have it here, but yeah. Jad will do that later. Uh, good job, by the way, on drawing. Yeah. A plus. Yeah. Artist over here, man. Being sarcastic. I said it's a terrible drawing. It's so bad that it's good. That's I, right. I drew it with my finger on an iPad 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah. It's going to be Great worth job, a lot of money man. in the future, man. <laughs> no. Um, so, for those, second of all, those that, you know, ha- don't, you're going to put it on there. Yeah, we're going to put it on the screen. Yep. Um, so, kind of help us understand, like, how you came up with that. I just felt like it's what I picked up on over the years in church. Okay. Um. You know, nobody ever intentionally tries to make people feel like they're not doing this Christianity thing correctly. But the more testimonies you hear and the more preachers you listen to, you can begin to think, I must be doing something wrong. Hmm. Because what they're talking about as normative, I've never experienced once. So that this little drawing is my way of trying to say, this is kind of what I picked up on. Uh No one ever said this. But am I the only one who's picked up on this? Mm-hmm. There's a very privileged few people that get to hear God's audible voice, and you ain't one of them. <laughs> then there's another <laughs> well, group of people that, that it's not audible. They wouldn't go that far, but they would say, God speaks to me in my heart. Yeah. That's a little ambiguous. And they're pretty privileged because if that's not happening for you yeah. and it's happening for them, they must be doing something that you're not. There's a larger group, but a very disciplined group that can hear clearly from God as they read his word. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't want to be snarky because I do believe you can hear you know, from reading God's word. But <clears throat> discipline is part of the prerequisite for that being what you experience. And right. frankly, a lot of people just aren't super disciplined when it comes to reading the Bible, and we make them feel really bad about that. <laughs> So the point I was trying to make is we've crafted a Christianity and a discipleship model that's really good for people who love to read. And if you don't like to read, sometimes we don't know what to tell you as it comes to how you're supposed to grow in your faith. And so a lot of folks feel left out of that equation. So then the larger group that most of us are a part of mm-hmm. is we understand in the New Testament it says that we can that God can speak to us through each other, mm-hmm. through right. the Holy Spirit. But that kind of feels like the 
the JV version of God talking to us. Yeah. That's not the cool way. And, and like I said, you know, if God's not speaking to me <laughs> like audibly, yeah, yeah, I'm stuck with Larry in my life group. You know, it's just not, it's not as appealing, you know. Where's it's like, Bob at? I want to hear clearly from God. And someone says, well, go to your life group. It's like, dude, I, I, I want to like, hear like Moses heard from yeah. God or, yeah. you know, and, and we see this in the Bible that God is like straight up speaking to people. And we're right. like, why isn't it happening to me? Right. And we live in this world now that from the New Testament on is mm-hmm. the world we're still in, right. waiting yeah. for Jesus to return. The normative way that we see in that world that he mm-hmm. speaks to us is through his people. Now, we have the added benefit today of having his word in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. They didn't have a New Testament. They were living out the pages of the New Testament, which is why it's the normative way presented in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. But you have to now also say, and we have God's word. Mm -hmm. So yeah, read God's word. He can speak to you through his word, but he can also speak directly to you through the Holy Spirit from one of your brothers and sisters in Christ. And that is not a lesser way of hearing God's voice. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're talking about that. God, God speaks through God's people. So can you give us any examples in Scripture? Because, again, you're talking about the New Testament, that, that it was almost this audible voice of God, all this kind of stuff. Can you give us examples in Scripture of God speaking uh, through his people to, to us? Well, I think it was the way they were actually doing church. Okay. I mean, they're meeting together daily, it said, right. in homes. They're sharing meals. They're giving each other—they're literally taking all their money, all their wealth, all their possessions, and they're putting it—they're mm-hmm. pooling it together. Yeah. Um, there's the, all of the one another passages that are directed to them towards one another. And then talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. When you read Paul's letters, every time there's an opportunity for him to give us a list of behaviors, he says, walk in the Spirit. Yeah. Or he gives mm-hmm. another one another passage. The closest we get is the fruit of the Spirit. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the fruit of the Spirit is really the fruits of the same Spirit. So, you know, right. it, it, it's yeah. kind of like the air you breathe as you read through the New Testament. There's a lot of things that are happening in pre-Ascension New Testament that are a little different post-Ascension New Testament. And I think sometimes it's important to recognize that, that the three years of Jesus' public ministry are a super unique period of time. Wouldn't we all agree? Right, yeah. The the 40 (laughs) days after he is resurrected, before he ascends, a very unique time. Right. So you got to be careful about seeing anything that's happening in that time period and reading into it as what is to be normative for today. Right. So get into Acts, move into the development of the church. We actually get a little better guidance for how things are supposed to look for us today because we're mm-hmm. kind of still in that time period. But then the other thing is there's a whole lot of flexibility when it comes to that. Right. But this idea that you are the temple of God, 2 Corinthians says, that the Holy Spirit is in you, that the same Holy, the same God that raised Christ from the dead, all, all of those things, that's in the New Testament, and this is how we actually build the body up together. Mm-hmm. As the body does its work, empowered by the Holy Spirit, the body builds itself up. Mm-hmm. That only happens through the Holy Spirit. We mm-hmm. can't do that in our own efforts. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Well, what would you say to somebody who says, God told me this? I, I've had people tell me that. Really? Oh, yeah. And I, and I always say, that's amazing, because that's never <laughs> happened to me. How did you learn to do that? I mean, I, I've said it. I've yeah. said, that's incredible, because I've never had that happen. Yeah. Would you mind describing that experience for me? Yeah. And the reason why I say that is because who am I to tell them that didn't happen? Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to play God in someone else's life. So if someone says, God straight up told me, I heard his audible <laughs> voice, I'm going to say, that's pretty incredible. Like, tell me what happened. Yeah. Right. And um, I mean, if they're blatantly saying something that's counter to God's word, well, then I have no problem saying that's interesting. That's counter to God's word. Right. right. But if they're telling me something that, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm not 
I'm not trying to be right. Yeah. Actually, one of my kind of sayings in life that I try to live by Mm. is don't try to be right. Just try to get it right. Mm. So, you know, I'm not interested in being right, but let's get it right. Sure. Because if I affirm that and it went from God, that's probably not a good, that probably didn't serve that person well. Right. right? Yeah. But if it truly was from God and I become a roadblock, I probably didn't serve that person very well. Mm. So there's a little bit of Holy Spirit discernment in the moment, but um, I just try to engage people in conversations regardless of what they tell me initially. Now, if someone says, God told me to tell you, they really got my attention (laughs) (laughs) because I want to hear what they say, you know? Um, And and then at that point, we'll just kind of see where the conversation goes. But I think it's always important just to respond in grace and respond in kindness. And the story I shared yesterday about my buddy, the girl was like, yeah, God told me you're supposed to marry my roommate. I thought he gave a good answer. When God tells me the same, I'll let you know. (laughs) He wasn't mean. He wasn't being rude. But that's a great way to answer that. God's going to have to tell me that one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think what's a little more likely to happen is someone say, I think God may be leading me. Or I'm kind of sensing that the yeah. Lord wants me. You know, very seldom is someone going to be that direct. Yeah, yeah. And so let's talk about that because you may have someone do that to you. Like, yeah. hey, I think the Lord might be leading me. Or you may sometimes feel like, you know, so those are the conversations I have. Yeah, like okay. with men of God that I trust. And I have done this multiple times mm-hmm. over the last 25 years of my life where I've said, I think the Lord might be leading me. As I read his word, as I spend time in prayer, he's bringing these thoughts to my mind. Yeah. Um, I'd love to know what you think about that. Right. And, yeah. um, you know, these men of God say, yes. Mm. You know, w- when you're trying to get guidance from the Lord, and let's see if I can do this off the cuff. Okay. There's, there's usually four answers. Yes, no, slow, <laughs> or grow. Okay. So, um, yeah, this, that's, I think that's the Lord. No, that's not the Lord. Um, you grow. That could be the Lord, but you're probably not ready for that. You might right. need to grow a yeah. little bit. Or, yeah, that's the Lord, but this isn't the right time. This isn't the right season. You need to take it slow. You need to be more patient. Mm. So, you know, I was just having lunch with um, a buddy of mine in our church, uh, maybe the week before last. And it was last week. And he's telling me about something he he's kind of sensing from sure. the Lord. And he's bringing it up in a way where I can tell, like, he's wanting to know my take on it. Mm-hmm. And as I listened to him, I was like, yeah. I totally think that's what you should do. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was literally my answer. And yeah. he said, that's interesting because like I had another conversation the other day and I got the same response. And I said, well, that might be the Lord's way of telling you, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that that's that's a wise person. Like yeah. he's he's running this past some people who are older than him, yep. who he, he values their input. They walk with the Lord. And if both of those people had said, now he, he probably wouldn't have followed through. Right. So I think that's a lot more of what people are looking for sometimes <laughs> in their life is, I think I might be hearing from the Lord on something. What do you think? And oftentimes mm-hmm. that conversation either provides, well, that conversation can help provide clarity one way or the other. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. it does. So, you know, shifting gears a little bit, I I loved the point that you made about how discipleship isn't necessarily about the knowledge we have, but what we're putting into practice uh, in our lives. So I want to talk through that and unpack it a little bit and maybe explain that for some of those who think, well, no, we're supposed to have all this biblical knowledge, right? So can we unpack this idea of what discipleship is supposed to look like? Well, a content knowledge-based discipleship model is nowhere in the Bible. Okay. Well, let's just start there. All right. <laughs> okay, it's it's not there. I, I'll challenge anybody to find it. You're not going to. Okay. Because they didn't have it. 
So all of the disciple-making processes that were that were exhibited and being practiced in the New Testament were not content-based. Okay. And the church grew faster in the first century than any other century. Right. So somewhere along the way, the discipleship models that we have adhered to have been shaped more by culture than by Scripture. Okay. It's why we have Sunday school. I'm not against Sunday school, but it's literally called Sunday school. <laughs> right. And the reason why is because back in the 1800s in a different uh, culture where there was a lot of, most people were farmers and the different things like that, <clears throat> there were kids that would straight up need to go to school like on Sundays, and a lot of times that could happen at the church. Well, that model stuck, and all these years later, we call it Sunday school. Mm. Well, if you're a family that's never been to church, and you're far from God, and a church is saying to you, come to us, your kids can go to Sunday school, they're probably going, why would my kids wow. want to go to school on Sundays? Yeah. They don't <laughs> like going to school. <laughs> right. And we're trying, you know, so sometimes we didn't realize even the language we speak to people about is like, you know, and I remember one time years ago, I visited a church, and the guy said, uh, you know, are you, are you, do you want to check your kids into Sunday school or do you want to check them into the worship service? And I said, well, do you mind letting me know what Sunday school is? Because I just wanted to kind of test <laughs> yeah. them a little bit. He gave a fantastic answer. It was great. Their church has prepared their greeters. You yeah. know, good for them. They did a good job. But where I'm going with all this is sometimes we've got to pull back and go, how do we get here? Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. How do we get here? Yeah. yeah. And if you see where you're at and you see the New Testament, and you see that they're not congruent with one another, I'm going to lean more towards the New Testament. That's mm -hmm. just me. Now, that doesn't mean we have to blow everything up and start over. Okay, sure. that's not what that sure, means, sure, right? Sure. No, it's like we yeah. have to alt-control-delete. Right. But what it does mean is whatever models we are saying is making disciples, let's make sure it's matching what the New Testament teaches about making disciples. The other thing I would say is what does the model produce? Yeah. What does the model produce? If, if a model of discipleship is not producing Christ followers who are exhibiting the behaviors of a Christ follower as modeled in the New Testament, I'm going to question that model of discipleship. Mm -hmm. Survey after survey after survey <laughs> after survey, and we're not going to do one of these at Vaughn Force Church, so you know, don't get, don't get uneasy, don't get frustrated, don't get mad. Okay, We don't need to do a survey. We already have enough data for what I'm about to say, that people, survey after survey after survey, will rate themselves as growing in their faith while not being committed to tithing. Survey after survey after survey. So we are the worst people to judge our own spiritual growth. So the data is clear that like Christians say, no, I'm, I, am, I am growing in my discipleship. I just don't trust God with my financial resources. Well, those two things are incongruent because God's word says, not because I said, you don't like what I just said, take it up with the New Testament. It's right. all over there. Generosity. Right. Okay? Yeah. So if you can't be generous with the resources that God's entrusted you with, you're not growing in your faith. Hmm. It's all over the New Testament. So why do we need one another? Because somebody's got to call you out on that. Somebody's got to say, hey, Bob, I'm not so sure you're growing in your faith to the extent you are because you're not trusting God with your financial resources. Right. Hey, Molly, I'm not so sure you're growing in your faith because I just witnessed the way you spoke to your husband. Mm. That's not Christ-like. Mm. That's a lot less comfortable than let me sit in a study and have somebody else teach me. Huh. But that's how disciples are made. You got to have people in your life who love you enough to challenge you 
yeah. challenge you where you need to be challenged. Now let's flip the coin. You've got to have people in your life who love you enough to be there for you in the hurtful times, in the painful times, in the difficult seasons. Right. You're not going to get that from somebody sitting there and teaching you one more lesson. Mm-hmm. Everything about our discipleship models, as we see presented in the New Testament, runs through one another, right. runs yeah. through fellowship, runs through relationship, runs through koinonia is the New Testament word. If you remove that and only have content, you're not making disciples. Mm -hmm. And we've got, like I said in the sermon, decade after decade after decade of evidence that show us that kids and teenagers that grew up in that disciple-making model, they walk away from the church the first chance they get. Yeah. Yeah. Because they learn Jonah sat in the belly of a well for three days, they just don't know what on earth it means to them. They can tell you all the things about the Bible, they just can't tell you how they're supposed to put those things in the Bible into practice because no one ever taught them how to do that in the context of community with one another. Mm -hmm. Because as we try to put things into practice, we're going to stumble all over ourselves. Right. We're going to need people to encourage us. Yeah. We're going to need people to, hey, man, you're white, you're out of line there. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But that means we all have to like start getting real with each other. Right. And it's a lot easier just to sit in another study than do that, which is why a lot of people just opt for that. Yeah, I was going to say, is that why you think that happens? That yeah. they're growing. Yeah, it's just yeah, easier. It's yeah. easier. Okay. Well, you're kind of touching on this right now, but um, I want to know, like, how do others practically help us live out uh, God's word. How do, how do they help us um, learn what God's telling us and do that? You're already kind of touching on that. I just want to talk a little bit about that right now. If you want people to help you do that, you've got to be super honest about what you're not good at. Yeah. So, you know, when you get in a life group, you're, yeah. you're, you're studying something. Maybe it's a biblical passage. Maybe it's a book that you're reading. Maybe it's a right now media study. Right. Yeah. You're being challenged. Mm-hmm. Are you brave enough in that moment to say, this is something I'm not really good at? Yeah. Um, I, I see the value in this, and I want to grow in this area. But can I be honest with you guys? Like, I'm not good at that. Mm-hmm. I need some help with that. Now, once you have gotten that out there and you've made that admission, watch what will happen in the group. Yeah. You will have people who will speak words of life, not from a position of pride, but from a position of love. I'll never yeah. forget, dude. This would have been, I don't know, 2005 maybe. So I've told before, our first few years of marriage were difficult. We did an interview about it for people right, yeah, last right, year. Yeah. So Morgan and I are in a life group with other couples. And um, good couples that we had become good friends with, and we're going through some kind of study on marriage. Yeah. And, you know, same song, second verse. We show up the next week. We do the conversation on whatever we read. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of got to a point where I was just like, this is just ridiculous. Like, we are going to a life group, and we're talking about marriage, and, like, our marriage is not real great, but we're talking about how to have a great marriage, and, like, I, I'm just, this, I, I can't yeah, do this anymore, right, yeah. Right, and yeah. so, in the group, I was just like, hey, can, do you guys mind if I just, like, say something I'm feeling right now? And they were like, no, cool, go ahead. And I was just like, I literally said this out loud, our, our marriage, and I pointed to Morgan, I said, our marriage sucks. <laughs> it's terrible. And I'm so tired of it. And I'm tired of coming to this group every single week and acting like everything's okay. Mm. And the moment I said that, it was like the Holy Spirit showed up. Wow. And Morgan, I saw this like sense of relief come over her. She wasn't mad at me that I'd said that because she was feeling the exact same thing. We needed help, man. And we needed help that we were too prideful to ask for. And I probably should have asked a nicer way. So (laughs) maybe I should have even like, but I'm growing even in this podcast. Like, I'm sorry if you got upset with how your pastor said that all those years ago. I'm just being honest. That's what I said. 
dude, from that point forward, those couples, man, they encouraged us. They they didn't judge us. Yeah. They then shared some of their struggles. Yeah. And here's what we began to realize. We weren't the only ones right. that were walking through yeah. this. And it played a huge role in us kind of getting some things turned around. Yeah. So if you want people to help you put these things into practice, be open about the things that you actually need yeah. some help with. Yeah. And that's not easy. And none of us like to do that. Yeah. And, um, you know, don't let it get to the point where you have to, like, make a scene like I did. <laughs> Learn from my bad example. But at least I finally said it. Yeah. Yeah. Better to say it that way than never say never it at say all. It, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. But if you will go first mm-hmm. and be open and be honest about what you're struggling with, what you could use help with, where, where some challenges are in your life, watch how God's people come around you. Now, here's the thing. You can't do that in a worship service. Here's the thing. Try to stop someone in the lobby after the service and do that. It gets weird real fast, yeah, okay? Right. You've <laughs> got to be in a group with other Christians where yeah. you can do that, right? which yeah. is why we have this third component, communal component to our faith. Yeah, yeah that's so good. we're not going to do like an open mic on a Sunday morning. People can come up and just confess everything they're struggling with. That's not a, not a thing we're going to do, Matt. I, I, I mean... <laughs> Probably not. Obviously not. It doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it That's wouldn't right. help anybody. That's it right. wouldn't help. That's exactly People right. would be like, oh, man. Yeah. So I, I really liked uh, your point. You were talking about the list of contacts in your phone. I, I'm going to read these to make sure I get them right for these different situations in our lives. The uh, the need to know, need to grow, or need you now situations. So can we real quick kind of recap what each one of those uh, situations are and maybe give some examples of what that might look like in our lives practically? If you can frame life groups with what you just said. It's super helpful. Okay. So we, we sometimes try to sell life groups to deliver on something that we can't promise they'll deliver on. I mean, you may get in a life group and the leader may really not be that good. Right. You may get in a life group and the study's not that interesting at all. Sure. You may get in a life group and not make a best friend. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah. sometimes we make all these promises, okay? But let me tell you something I promise you happens if you get into life groups. You expand your list of contacts in those three categories. Mm. Okay. You've at least expanded your context on need to know, need to grow, need you now situations. There's a good chance that somebody in that group is going to fit one of those categories, mm. even if it's not till down the road. You know, you pick up the phone, you know, hey, Jim, you know, this is Bob. I don't know if you remember, we were in a life group, you know, nine months ago. Oh, yeah, man, how you been? I see you on Sundays. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got this situation at work, and you said something one time in our group, and I think it's the exact same thing I'm facing. Do you mind? That's what I'm talking about. Okay. So you're building a network of other people that can give you an unfair advantage in life. Okay. Because Mm -hmm. you're not now just approaching life with your experience. You're approaching it with others' experience as well. Right. So that need to know and need to grow— I mean, that's what makes the church so amazing is that there are people that you can build friendships with whose life experience has given them skills you don't have, has given them experience you don't have, has given them things that you could benefit from. So when you get into a group, like you're just going to work, you're going to develop that out, you know? So these aren't my best friends. Sure. But these are people who, you know, like I said last week, there was just, I needed to, I needed help with something. I reached out to two guys yeah. and, and yeah. they helped me. Now the need you now, like that's where it gets real. Like these are probably not people that you were in a life group with nine months ago that you have, they haven't heard from you in nine right. months, right? right. These yeah. are the people where, you know, something crisis occurs, something happens yeah. um, and you need somebody right now. Like, yeah. do you have those folks right. yeah. in your life? And a lot of us who have moved have those folks. They just live in other states. Mm-hmm. And that's not real helpful when something happens where we are right now, right. you yeah. know? 
So if, if you can approach Christianity from the perspective of, all right, why do I need to be in a life group again? Why is it important for me to meet people in the church? You know, why do I need to? Because you may not need them right now, but you eventually will. And right. when life throws you that curveball, you're going to be ready. The verse, yeah. if, you know, when two fall down, two are better, they get a return on labor. If one falls down, there's no one else, you're in real trouble. Right. So when life throws you a pop quiz you weren't prepared for, if you don't have those people in your life, you're, you're going to be in real trouble. Yeah. 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 It's funny. You know, I can think of a couple of examples, even from like the last week, uh, my life group meets on Thursday nights. And, uh, recently, uh, one of the wives in our life group, it's a bunch of married couples. Uh, most of us have kids. Uh, she had a surgery and last night a text went out on, you know, our little life group thread. Hey, we're setting up a meal train, you know, to kind of help them out with that. Mm-hmm. A couple of days before that, it was something as silly as one of them said, Hey, my modem's not working anymore. And Hey, Chad, you, you work in technology. <laughs> hey, Chad, Can you, you give me a hand? I'm like, have you unplugged it and plugged it back in? But it's it you make those connections where these yeah. different situations you know what you're talking about i think that's so important one of the things i've seen a lot over the years in churches uh, not just churches i've served in but you know my pastor friends you know we talk with each other and, and this is a very common challenge is someone's in a church and they've listened to message after message after message like we're talking about right. and they've chosen not to get connected yeah. so they they're kind of loosely connected. They come to church maybe twice a month. They never get in a group. They would say, this is my church home, but they've not taken the steps to get connected. Mm-hmm. And then something happens in their life. Um, what the, the, the common one is it's like death of a loved one, mm-hmm. which is no small thing. Yeah. So perhaps, you know, it's someone in their thirties or forties and their parent suddenly passes away or mm-hmm. something like that. Maybe their parent even lives in another state. Maybe it's locally. And then that person gets really upset with their church that their church didn't love them well during that time of loss. Mm. And here's what I will lovingly say. That's on them. If a church has challenged people month after month after month to get connected and laid out the importance of get connected, if people don't take those steps, there are consequences. Right. Yeah. When you go through life's challenges, you look around and there's no one else. Yeah. If someone takes the steps, guess what happens when crisis occurs? Those people are in your living room. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're cooking you dinner. They are loving you. The people of God will come around you in the most unimaginable circumstances you could ever walk right. through. But if you've never taken the step to find your people, you can't expect this organization of a church to be there for you. The church is not an organization. The church is not our office number. The church is the people that make up Vaughn Forest Church. And we can put this out there as much as possible. But here's my only promise I can make with certainty. There will be a time you need your people. Yeah. Right. So if you're not choosing to get connected with your people, um, when you go through one of those crises, and I'm thinking of a family in our church right now, they're walking through a really difficult season, but they got their people. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean the circumstance is changing. It just means they're not alone, and yeah. they've got people coming around them. Yeah. So, you know, that people have got to see the value and take these steps. And one of the things I said in week one of this series that the Lord has, you know, kind of brought me back around to is tell everybody this isn't optional. Okay. <laughs> you know, because we tend to look at it that way. Yeah. It's like when I can work it in. Yeah. And right. it's like, well, that's not what the New Testament teaches. Yeah. The, the New right. Testament presents this as part of what we're supposed to do in our faith. Yeah. And yeah. we've said it lots of times on this podcast. You said it from the stage God's plan for the pain is his people. I think it's so important for us to remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, your last point was about finishing well uh, and not quitting. Um, what would you say to somebody who's in the middle of a season and they're just ready to give up? Um, don't give up. <laughs> don't okay. give up. 
Find somebody that can help you hang on. Uh, shorten the time periods that you're not going to give up. It's like, don't think I'm not going to give up this week. How do you shorten? The- yeah, so like, I'm not going to give up this week. No, 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 no. Let's not talk about this week. Okay. Like, I'm not going to give up today. Okay. That's too much. I'm not going to give up for the next six hours. I don't okay. know if I can do that. How about I'm not going to give up for the next hour? Okay. So when you're when you're in a season where you feel like you're going to quit, if you're mm-hmm. trying to encourage someone to not quit, just keep shortening the timeline until you get to the pace where they're like, okay, yeah, I, won't okay quit. I can manage yeah. that. Okay. So if I can make it the, you know, the next hour, the next yeah. six hours, you know, so when my dad almost passed away in 2008, um, we got six hour updates for 10 days. Mm. If he makes it in the next six hours, that went on for 10 days. Wow. So, you know, he wasn't supposed to stay alive and yeah. he just kept staying alive, yeah. you know, and at some point you're like, oh gosh, God healed him. Yeah. He's, he's still with us, you know? Yeah. So when someone's considering quitting, it's like, okay, well, can you hang on for another week? No, I can't do that. How about another day? So what you're trying to do is help people yeah. see that the emotion that you are feeling is driving yeah. the decision you're about right. to make. Yeah. Reframing so let's see it. if we yeah. can right-size the emotion and play out maybe a plan of action mm-hmm. other than the one that you feel like you have to take. Right. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because here's the thing. Sometimes in life, you do need to quit some things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes you're in a career where it's obvious that the Lord is directing you to something else. Right. And I've seen people who came out of a quiet time where they felt like the Lord was directing them to something else in their career, and they went into work that day and resigned from their job. Not a good Not plan. Good. <laughs> so, you know, the, if if the Lord does choose to redirect yeah. you, and that happens, okay? Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a a good way to go about that where you actually don't preclude yourself from the opportunities the Lord may be leading you into, where you don't burn the bridges with the people who have helped you get to this far. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's all I'm trying to say is like when you feel like I need to quit on this because it's not that good and I want to do that, well, you probably need to run that past someone. Yep. And, and you need to get their take on it, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to the relationships in our life, I mean, if you're in an abusive marriage, like, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. But most marriages that end, end, what's the phrase? For irreconcilable differences. Right. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of marriages, that's why they end. Yeah. So if you're in a place and you're ready to end your marriage and quit on your marriage, and, and there's not abuse that's happening there, you know, you could probably take a minute. I mean— you know, I met with a married couple one time and and told them like, you may end up getting divorced. Mm-hmm. And they both just kind of looked at me like, you're the pastor. Like, that's the last thing we expected <laughs> right. you to say. What? And I said, you may end up getting divorced. I said, I don't know what the future holds. I said, but there's no reason to make that decision today. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And they both just kind of looked at each other and looked at me. And I said, because I don't know if y'all are fully prepared to tell your adult kids why y'all gave up on your marriage. Mm-hmm. And why they have to do Christmas now at different people's house every year because the two of you couldn't figure out how to work this out. Yeah. Have y'all thought that through? They were like, no. So I'm not a good counselor, Matt. So like, <laughs> this is how my counseling sessions go. Counseling. So I'm like, how about we just say, we're not going to circle back around to that for at least six months. Yeah. And they went, yeah, we probably owe it to ourselves and to them to yeah. at least give this thing six months. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And I, that's what I meant. You may ultimately end up divorced, but maybe only on the other side of we gave it everything we had for six months. Now, here's what I know. You give it everything you got for six months, God can turn your marriage yeah, around. Yeah. Right. God yeah. can turn your marriage around. Yeah. You know, I really believe that. I've seen God do it too, too many times. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have a hard time convincing me that God can't do something in your life. I've right. just seen too much at right. this point. Yeah. So that's what I mean. 
Like you might be right there. Breakthroughs right on the other side and you quit right before you got to the breakthrough. Mm, so, good. you know, we all want to quit. It's in us. Yeah. We all want to quit. So, um, you know, there, there's kind of that classic checklist, you know, what, it, don't ever quit when you're tired. Don't ever right, quit yeah. when you're hungry. Right. Don't ever quit when you're mad. <laughs> right, right, don't right. ever quit when you're alone. <laughs> like, you know, you want to yeah. run through all those things, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, if, if you run into any area of your life where you feel like quitting, like, just don't quit. Yeah. The other yeah. thing I love about how God designed everything about creation is that we get a new day every day. Yeah, that's yeah. right. We get a new day every day. And there's power in that statement, today's the first day of the rest of my life. Right. Mm-hmm. Every day is a new opportunity. God's mercies are new every morning. So it doesn't matter what your life has been like up until this point. I promise you, it can be different. Right. Mm-hmm. And think about how remarkable that is. That's how different we are. One of my boys asked me, this is so funny, kids, I love them. Uh, I think it was Henry. He asked me the other day, Dad, do you think it'd be fun to be a tree? <laughs> and I said, I said, no. He's no. been playing that game. Why? I said, I, I, I don't think it'd be fun to be a tree at all, Henry. Yeah. He said, why? I said, because you could never go anywhere. You're just stuck wherever you happen to be planted. Yeah. I said, wouldn't that get kind of boring? Like you would just see the same things every day as a tree. And he was like, I've never thought of it that way. So we had that conversation. I'm glad I'm not a goose. Yeah. We have a <laughs> bunch of geese that live on our property, Chad. They're everywhere. Right. We call them the Jesus geese because we've convinced ourselves that they have a small group that meets in our pond because they all come and they convene. <laughs> you and need your geese. They're sharing God's <laughs> you need word. Your geese. Find your geese. But I'm glad, I'm glad I'm not a goose. And, and here's why. Because if I was a goose... My instincts would determine where I fly in the winter. Right. Yeah. I'd get no say in it. Yeah. So, like, animals are driven by instinct. They're driven by nature. Trees, they don't get to move. They're just planted in the ground. But what did God do with us? He created us in his own image. Yeah. He gave us emotion. He gave us intellect. He gave us will. He gave us desires. We actually get to make yeah, well, our choices. Well, if you were in middle school last night, you would have learned that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we talked about that's that. That's awesome, you know? <laughs> so think about all these remarkable things that you have in front yeah. of you that you yeah. can do, right? Yeah. So we have the ability to make these choices. And, and if you quit, sometimes you're right there about yeah. to see, you know, right. something really good happen. Something really cool. And, and today is a new day. Yeah. You're not a tree. You're not a goose. It's a new day. It doesn't yeah. have to look like it looked what got you to this point. It can literally, but here's the thing. If you try to change that course on your own, yeah, your life has not given evidence that you're capable of changing the course on your own. Mm. You're going to need somebody else to help you. Yeah. I've had to reach that conclusion before. Like up to this point in my life, I have not demonstrated um, competency <laughs> to change in this on area. my own. Yeah. <laughs> I need someone else to help me. And God right. says, that's why I gave you my people. So yeah, yeah rather than quitting... Think about changing course and think about who could help you do that. Yeah, that's that's good. So I love what you said there, this whole idea about, um, you know, about about deciding like, hey, we're going to go another hour. You know, we're going to go another six hours. You know, you don't have to set off this end destination in mind. You know, I used to do endurance athletics and we had this principle uh, called relentless forward progress. Mm -hmm. The whole idea of like run when you can, walk when you have to, crawl if you must. And don't stop. But don't stop. (laughs) Keep going. That's right. But I think all of us know folks that we've seen them go through situations and we go, man, I have no idea how, how they got through that. So I want to talk just real briefly because, you know, what is our role in preparing for those kinds of situations? But what is the Holy Spirit's role in our lives where we have to kind of tap into that Holy Spirit power and lean on God to help us get through those situations? Is that done strictly through his people? Is that done through reading his word? Like what, what does that look like in our lives? Yeah, so the people I know who have walked through tremendous amount of pain in their life, you know, whatever kind of tragedy led them to that, they all say the same thing. I would have never gotten through that if it weren't for God's people. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I'm sure that God's word gave them great comfort in yeah. those seasons. Sure. Um, but it was God's people. And because sometimes we need God's presence with us in the form of one of his people. Yeah. You know? And so those folks were connected to his people. Conversely, people who have walked through the same experience, who have become bitter and resentful, oftentimes it was because they weren't connected to God's people. Yeah. They were left with their own thoughts, and they were left with their own emotions, and those, those led them to a place. So you can have people who go through the exact same experience and be led in totally different places, right. and oftentimes the reason is whether or not they were connected to God's people. Mm, really and good. if you're ever in a situation where you're one of those people mm. that God brings into someone else's life who's going through something really difficult— don't ever forget the power and the ministry of presence yeah. Yeah. to just be there. Yeah. Um, they don't need you to give some eloquent statement as much as they just need you yeah. to be there, to be with yeah. them. Really and um, just never underestimate. You know, Don't ever ask somebody if they need you to show up. Just show up. Mm-hmm. Because they'll always say no. Right. Yeah. You know, if you know somebody's going through something, you know, well, do you need me to come over? Well, no, I know you're busy. No, you just go. Yeah. And they'll be grateful that you did. So the ministry yeah. of presence is powerful. And again, if you have those people in your life, when you go through something difficult, they're going to be there to come around you and encourage yeah. you and support you. That's good. so good. Yeah. Well, guys, this has been a really, really good conversation. And I'm looking forward uh, to continuing this series on this Sunday. I'm also looking forward to Kids Camp continuing tonight. Should be a blast. You're going to be teaching again in there yeah, with the kids. Yeah, that's what, right. What are we talking about tonight? I think we're going to work our way to the fruit of the spirit. Okay. We're going to hit some God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit, but then we're going to get on some fruit of the spirit. That's, so that's awesome. going to be fun. Yeah. That's going to be really good. And Matt, I get to hang out with you in the middle you school. Tonight, out, so we're talking be, about the same stuff. Yeah. yeah it's going to be a yeah. good time. Well, awesome. gentlemen, thank you so much again. Join us this Sunday morning, nine through 11, uh, here on campus. If for some reason you're traveling, you can always join us online at vaughnforest.com, but we appreciate you joining us here today. So on behalf of Adam Bishop, Matt Collins, sound guy, Jonathan, and myself, thank you so much for joining us and we will catch you next time.